I'm Renee Ritchie, and I'm a tech analyst. I'm Georgia Dow, and I'm a psychotherapist. And welcome to Apple Talk, where psychology meets technology. And we talk about Facebook and Microsoft and Apple, Amazon. I thought you were going to say it was like just a head-on collision and there's car parts everywhere. Uh, there, there could be. Self-driving car parts everywhere. Then we just have to make sure that we can repair it ourselves. Oh. Ah! Good luck. So today we are talking about Apple's big commercial fumble. Uh, but also what's going on with them and Google and the App Store and the government. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to talk about the accusations of Facebook killing people and Facebook going, nah, -uh, you. And uh, there's a, a little new uh, Koala pack for um, charging. A battery pack, yeah. And then your husband insisted, nay, demanded that we talk about the Valve Steam Deck. Fair. Which is not a new kind of riverboat. No. No, it no. is a console which basically says, suck it, we. That's what it basically says. We? I think that's a commercial. The Nintendo Wii. Isn't it called a Wii anymore? No, it's switch. called a Switch. Nintendo suck I'm it, sorry. Switch. Yeah. switch that. Wii U, Switch. Switch, the, uh, switch it from Wii to Switch. Sorry, it's been a long year. Um, I'm still not sleeping, Georgia. Like I thought like after most of 2020 would be gone, I would be back to sleeping normal patterns, but it's like, this is 2020 junior. It's, it's like now that when the world was closed and everyone understood the rules for closed, right when you got used to that, then yes. they said, okay, now we're going to open up the world. And so a lot of people are going through um, reopening anxiety. Naked through the streets, Georgia. Well, people are... Woo! It is, it's really like people have been shut... Like for some people, this was very comfortable and they were very happy with it. And then for other people, they've been shut in and all of their layers of... Oh yeah, the nerds um, were happy. The nerds were like the world's finally quiet. Yes, exactly. Us introverts really are ruling anything. the world. And then now the extroverts yeah. are coming back out of their shells and really excited to be able to do all the things that they weren't able to do. And so a lot of people are going through anxiety on both sides. Uh, and our government, our local government, is offering was it like a million dollars if you get if One you get if you get both your shots. That's what we've come down to. Yes. We've come down. It was like run from the plague and now it's like run into the plague. But if you if you stop and actually get a vax first, you know, maybe we'll let you win a million dollars. Yeah. And I, I'll sign up. Yeah. I'll sign up too. The chance. Yep. Million dollars. Probably better than the lottery. So this is where it's getting interesting with the U.S. government and Facebook because the U.S. has not been meeting their vaccination goals. Like they, uh, the latest president, whose name I'm blanking on. Biden. Biden. Joe Biden has said that he was going to get a certain amount of, I think it was like 70% of people over the age of something, 35, vaccinated. You can tell I'm detail-oriented on this. Right. Um, we're going to be vaccinated by July 4th. And he, he didn't make those goals. Uh, and he says one of the big problems is that Facebook is such a powerful force of disinformation. And they were doing, they used Facebook's own tools. Facebook's been promising to give us this data, but they keep, oops, we forgot. <laughs> Maybe next month. Maybe next month. Uh, but so, so people have been using these tools and they found out that 14 people, 14 people, I believe the number is. 12. 12 people? It's, it's not 12. even 12? I think it's 12 It's people. in the teens. In the teens of people are responsible yeah. for 85% of the disinformation on Facebook. Yeah. And this has led Biden to say that Facebook is literally, and Biden is famously anti, in a, in a sense, he's, he's famously anti-big tech. Um, he, he, he's anti-social, uh, irresponsible, he deems irresponsible social media. Everybody is anti-big tech. Doesn't matter what party you are, it's just the reason you're anti-big tech varies. Right. Um, and Facebook came back not from Mark Zuckerberg, not from Sheryl Sandberg, but from the vice president of responsibility going basically, nah. -uh. Yeah, it's not us. No, no, it's you. It's not and, us. And their answer to all of this is that they are going to allow groups of people become their own experts. 
So, <laughs> so they're not going to be responsible for yeah. policing it, which is what you know Facebook is great at kind of chucking responsibility to someone else. So you can create your own experts in your field. But if your field is like, and I'm not sure if this is accurate, but does that mean that if your field is conspiracy theories or belief in <laughs> flat earth, can you make your own expert that yes. will say, yes, this is scientifically valid? This is valid. in line with the current research on flat earthism. Yes. Which like, it almost sounds like they want to have a peer reviewed journal, which I agree with. I think that that's a lovely idea. But a peer-reviewed journal by people that have gone to school for yes, seven years accredited. in a field... They're recognized experts in their field. ...is different than someone that has surfed the interwebs <laughs> or the dark web for four years, and now they believe that they're an expert without any scientific backing. And I think that lack of scientific rigor and what that means is where this is going to go awry. Like, this means nothing. Like, Facebook has pretty much done nothing. And let's just say it, on whichever side you're on, Facebook is stoking the flames because the more angry and upset that you get, the more you stay on Facebook and doom scroll through it. Yeah, well, I think it's a few things that make this a really interesting, as in terrible dynamic. One is that the U.S. is rather unique amongst countries in that they have a First Amendment which says the government shall pass no laws affecting the freedom of speech. Most other places like Europe and Canada, we will have the government believes it's their responsibility to regulate speech. If it is going to cause, you know, danger, yes. imminent harm to people, it's going to be targeting a group which puts them at jeopardy. Yes. Like we have laws against hate speech. But that can't exist in the US the way it currently is. And the U.S. also has Title 230, I, which means that these platforms, which is also unique, which means that these platforms can't be sued for what people post on them. They can't be held responsible. And that's what allows them to exist, because if they got sued for every post, there'd be no platforms anymore. Right. So right. that's and then at the same time, starting like 20 years ago, um, just before 9-11, we had this this sea change in our society where for a while we aspired to towards science and, and reason and logic and all these things. But it was hard. And then at a certain point, I, and I, I forget who it was, but it was a, a few famous politicians who said that, why don't we just say that being smart is stupid? And there was this whole rise of, of anti-intellectualism where it's like, we don't need your fancy, pantsy education here. We, you know, we common folk know what's good for us. And there was, it became easier not to attain all these things and just call those people who attained it assholes. I, I, I think that what happens is that, you know, there is a lot of scientific elitism. And I think that yes. there's a lot of elitism among education people with higher education and they look upon themselves as better than and made other yes. people feel bad, which makes people disenfranchised and angry and frustrated and feel like they're not part of, they're dismissed from the conversation. And when you are angry and you don't feel like you belong anywhere and you are treated as though your values, thoughts, and what you say does not have any place at the table, yeah. you make a new table. Yes. Which with a sign up saying other people table not welcome. Right. Which <laughs> usually would not be a huge deal because you did not have any means of amplifying yes. you know, maybe hateful or, you know, small minded or short sighted thoughts. Yeah. And now there is. Yes. And so everyone has a seat at the table. But the thing is is that it 
it's it's like apples and oranges. They're not the same just because you both get the platform. And I think that the media has been attacked for not giving you know people that believe that the sky is pink the same amount of you know well, time than people right? want you know people that yeah. the sky is blue. Yeah. And so because of that, they try to give equal footing, even though one might be 98% of the population and one might yes. be three, they're going to have three people on one side and three people <laughs> yes. on the other side, which makes people believe that there is an equality in the um, different schools of thought. Yeah, well, but the, news, like the newspapers have historically wanted what bleeds, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. Man bites dog, dog bites man is boring, man bites dog is interesting. And so they amplify the extreme. And yes. that's, that's what Facebook and a lot of algorithms do too, because they, they attract more attention that way. Yes, which means more clicks and people stay on the platform longer, which means that they get more data. And so it works out really yeah. well for them. Yeah, and Zuckerberg famously is parasailing while while anti-vax burns and they show like you can go and look every day what the most popular articles are on Facebook and they are almost always the most extremist anti-science anti like there's just no logic or reason to, and the people making them I think sometimes people think that they believe them but like nine out of ten cases they don't they just know that that we're dumb enough to believe them well the thing is is that anything that you hear or you see enough times your brain imprints upon your brain that this might yeah. be true and we also have this tribalism of not wanting to be part of the losing tribe. And so when we th see it a lot and hear it a lot and it gets a lot of attention, our brain goes, mm, maybe I want to shift my views just a touch. And if you do that, it becomes a tidal wave of a shift of thought. Whereas, oh, maybe, maybe, you know, we didn't really land on the moon or maybe it really is made of, you know, yeah. whatever matter you want to choose that it's it, made out of. Some of it is just so cynical. Like Rupert Murdoch went, because he's old, he went and got vaccinated immediately. And he has, but he has his commentators, not the news people, like the Fox News news people are generally really good, but the Fox News commentators are generally the opposite of that. But they are, they are, he wants these ratings. He knew that there was a huge untapped market of ratings mm -hmm. in America and Australia and other countries that he could tap into. And he does it with wanton, like with Mark Zuckerbergian wanton disregard, reckless endangerment, I'll go so far as to say. And they do get sued because what they do say is not accurate, not true. And their defense is that these people, these commentators are entertainment. They're not news. Yes. People know that they're lying. Yeah. But they don't. No, they really don't. <laughs> they don't. And it's, it's so unfair because... They're, they're kind, thoughtful people that trust that the media that they are getting to yeah. them has gone through some sort of rigor, some sort of journalistic integrity, and they're not given the facts. And they're made to feel that if they read any other news um, area, that they're now going to be kicked out of their tribe where yeah. they exist. And so I don't blame um, people that believe this, because if that's all that you hear, of course, you're, that's what you're going to believe. And I can yeah. understand that. But it ends up killing people because um, they're getting facts that are untrue or not scientifically valid. And or they're getting pieces of parts that are true. Right. Like there are some people that have gotten vaccinated and they don't they feel really sick or they don't feel well. But the percentages are yeah, completely like off because lightning. you show that story. It's like showing three you people. Believe, yeah. You believe three people that you struck can by get, lightning and exactly. three people not struck by lightning. Exactly. So you believe that there's a <laughs> it's an equal chance, chance yeah. of being struck by lightning and dying. And we're made when we feel scared to want to avoid the thing yeah. that is there. And so if you hear enough of that, if your brain goes through the signaling of this is dangerous enough times, then unconsciously, even if you want to do something, you won't be able to do it because you have this aversion to it. 
Yeah, and it's just like it's it's getting to a point where I think it really is harmful for our society. And it, like I've likened it before to big tobacco. This is big social and big cable tobacco. Mm-hmm. Like they're doing things that they know are killing their their own market, but they're hoping their market grows fast enough that it doesn't matter. Yes. Um, and like when you and when you look at the numbers of people who are just dead or suffering, like I know somebody who's got long term COVID who's been in and out of hospital for eight months, and she was one of the fittest, most well, she is still one of the fittest, most active, most powerful people I've ever known. Uh, and all she's done is like suffered for the last eight months uh, and young people now. And it's just it, it's going to be really tough in the U.S. to do any form of regulation around this because they have that First Amendment in place and because they have Article 230. And it, it, Article 230 does also protect us. It does. But I, I think that there is a big difference if you say to someone, you know, um, I want you to go out and take a weapon and hurt someone. There should be. There are yes. consequences yeah. in the United States for doing that. I think that it is a difficult thing to say. Well, then who is to blame on the platform that someone said that? And did you do everything to make sure that your people that are on your platform are kept safe? And I think that it's not that dangerous speech or hate speech could not be regulated in the states. It's who. How do you make sure that the people that should be blamed? Are going to be held accountable to be responsible. Well, we have we've already suggested our our two our two versions. Yes. Well, one is that. Well, I have a new one. One is okay. that if your if your product is called news, you should not be allowed to legally claim it's not news as a defense. Mm-hmm. If you have someone on a channel called Fox News, uh, they they are by definition news. Otherwise, have them on Fox Entertainment. Yes. Like that's one thing. But the other thing, the one that I love, is just hold the CEOs accountable. Yes. Like anyone who's dead, they should be able to be charged. Anyone who's any stolen data, any any digital crime should be should be prosecuted as if it were a physical crime. Yes. And the same thing, like if you were in a household and you had minors, just yeah. like if you are a CEO of a company and all the people underneath you have to, you know, answer to you. Anyone does something wrong, you should be able to be prosecuted yep. just like in a household home, which if my children do something wrong, I have to pay restitution. Yes. Yeah. That makes sure. perfect sense to me. And then people will be a little bit more like, ooh, you know, it's not just like a oops. Yes. You, you have know. no insulation and suddenly like when the generals are on the front lines, generally they don't yell charge as much. Yes. Yes. Yes, they're much more careful. But what happens when someone yells fumble? Well, it goes You were so angry. You were so like you were I would say disproportionately angry. Like Siri level angry. Okay. So like we'll we'll put in a, we can put in a little tiny clip of this. Yes, we but maybe let's let's con- for people listening, okay. let's context them. Okay. So I am watching an ad on TV with a woman with a phone. Okay. And I'm like, mm. What kind of phone? And it I didn't know what kind okay. of phone okay. actually what it was. And then I see her and she's Holding her hands, a little buffoonery-ish, and the phone's kind of like flipping into the air. And it's going like... And I'm like, oh, this is obnoxious. And it just continues on for the entire commercial um, with this annoying sound, this person fumbling with the phone saying, oh, you don't have to worry. And then the phone falls onto the ground. Onto sand, which I'll just say, 
Sand. Not, not, not tile? Sand. Not, not steel? Not tile, glass, steel, okay. nothing of a surface that is, like, one of the softest surfaces besides a pillow. And then they say, don't worry about fumbling your phone. It's an iPhone. And then I went, one, oh my God, this is the worst <laughs> iPhone commercial I've ever heard. It is obnoxious. It is annoying. It actually makes me want to throw my iPhone into sand because I'll still need it to be able to rent <laughs> online afterwards because no doubt they don't even trust their phone enough to put it into the commercial because it would be false advertising. I think they're hoping that people don't think that it's sand, like they don't realize that it was sand that it landed on. I so what no I'm clue. curious about is that she's on a city street and those are mostly sidewalks. Like there's little patches of, usually patches of grass, patches of plants, but she fumbles just long enough for it to land in what looks like a big like dirt, dirt lot, like uh, undeveloped sand, lot. Yeah, just a yeah. little sand, like, yeah. you know, a sand dune or something. So I have such mixed feelings. Like I'm not triggered by the ad. What did you think ad. about it? I'm not triggered by the Triggered's ad as much as you. Triggered is a heavy word. No, but you, no, your your word. response was such a bad word to use. Okay, well, I was upset and yes. irate. You were righteously indignant. Yeah. All right. Yeah. If anyone watched this commercial, so I don't see anyone the, being like, the, "This was great." I, I hadn't seen the commercial until you told me about it. Like, and I thought, it, I think it's by far not their best efforts. But what 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 triggered me, if I can use the word for myself, is that. They've, they've done this really, the iPhone is in this really interesting place right now where they do have this ceramic shield on the display, which makes it much harder to break. But at the same time, the phones have never been slipperier and they also still scratch because like scratch resistance and shatter resistance are at opposite sides of the spectrum. Like the softer it is, the better it is to absorb impact, but the more easily it's scratched, the harder it is against scratching, the, the, the more rigid it is and the easier it's gonna break. So you basically have to pick a, a middle point and Apple's veering towards the shatter resistance. But because it's so slippery, it just keeps falling. Like I, every day I hear, Shum-kumpf. oh, my iPhone fell, Shum-kumpf. my iPhone. It hasn't broken, but like if it wasn't so slippery, it wouldn't fall as much and wouldn't need as much anti-shatter protection, then maybe we could fix the scratch. That would be great. Yeah. So, so why even should Apple have put out this commercial is my thought, because it says nothing. Like the commercial pretty much, if you watch it, and I, maybe it's because people don't usually pay much attention to it. And so, but who is this phone, who is this commercial even to? Probably people who are anxious about shattering their phones. But it, they- I can get an iPhone, it won't shatter as much. It was, the music was, the sound was annoying. The, the, the entire, what they were trying to say to people was that don't worry about if you drop your phone, it's an iPhone, but an iPhone that it, even in our commercial, we don't want to false advertise so we can only do it on sand. Yep. So, and I'll just say it, like I could drop almost anything onto sand and it is not going to break. Like I would have to work really hard. But you're really good at breaking things too. I'm really good at breaking things, but every single time I've broken You could probably drop my, it on the pillow and it would break. I probably could. I have brought, broken probably more iPhones you than most You broke an iPhone people. in a kinetic resilience case once. I did. Yeah. I, what, I forget what it was called. It had that special... Uh, I was going to say neodymium. No, it was... Um... No, it wasn't a magnet. No, it was not it a magnet. It was that kinetic um, yes. material. yeah. And you're like, you can do anything you want with this stuff on it. Crack. And it broke. Yeah, yeah landed yeah. straight on so its commercial face. commercial is for you, it turns out. <laughs> Definitely was not for me. So yeah, I just don't know what they were aiming for, what they were trying to say. Usually... 
um, main thing with a commercial is how it makes you feel, yes. right? Like you don't remember most of a commercial at all. You kind of are passively listening in the first place and you get drawn in by the music and the sentiment. So most conversations that we have with people, nothing is remembered, but okay. the remaining feeling that you have from it. And that sticks with you. And so most commercials, and Apple is usually amazingly effective at leaving you with a feeling of yeah. whimsical, um, happy, bonding, you know, makes you better, active, yeah. joyous. And this commercial left me with a feeling of, of frustration, of I felt pandered to, I was annoyed with, I had an aversion to the commercial that was so strong. It's with you so many days. How long ago was this? I think it was a, a, a two weeks ago, I believe. Because oh I think I wanted to do this two weeks ago. And I watched it once. And I watched it once when I showed it to you. That was it. And each time I only got more angry when I watched the commercial. Like, thank right, God so I have not seen it again. But that's what it left you with. And I'm like, who thought about Like, did they think it was cute and quirky and it would make people like any word that you repeat enough times with an annoying little sound that's like a child that's like you know like just tapping at you emotionally constantly it's horrific this is the worst way of going about <laughs> you're it you're angry about this and you worry about facebook i i am shocked that apple put this out okay do you know who's just as angry as you tell me google because they're getting sued over the google play store when the app store is just sitting off on the side going <laughs> They're constantly being sued, though, aren't they? Yes. It's, yes. it's interesting to me because a lot of people believe that the Google Play Store, well, the Google Play Store is way more lenient, way more open. They have way more options in the App Store, and yet they're the ones being targeted. Right now. And do you want to know why? Tell me why. Because they're more open, because they're more lenient, because they have more options. It looks like the attorneys general, uh, in the vast plurality of their plurality. attorneys generalness, have said that because you're so open, it bothers us in the places that you aren't. And because Apple, people know that Apple is a closed garden, they don't assume that they're going to be able to do more. But they believe that you're freer. And then when they can't do these freedom things, when they don't get the freedom units that they believe they should be getting, then they're angry. And it's gotten to the point where some of the litigation is so absurd. Like they're talking about platforms competing against things in the, in the store. And that both Google and Apple make some of the most popular apps on their platforms. And that that diminishes the opportunity of others to make apps. And I think on one of them, they didn't believe anything should be pre-installed, maybe including an app store, so there'd be no way to add extra things to the so phone. So you, you would have a blank slate. Yes. You would come home with a phone that had nothing on it. Yes. Not even a phone no. part. Well, no, because that's not fair to people who want to make phone apps. Right. And so then you wouldn't be able to install anything because no. you wouldn't have an app store. No. And then you'd have to install a whole bunch of things. You better know how to Linux. You would pretty much have a really good brick. You'd need to know how to Linux get things. App get, that's, you just app get everything. See, that's the problem with legislation, though, is that, I, and, and regulation. Like I, and I think that it needs to be done, but they go so far. The ability to, you know, either have, you know, you can install whatever you want or you can delete everything you want. I would be fine with that. But to have nothing or to have options, you could say, okay, well, you can have two whatever, browsers and two phone apps. Again, then which ones do you choose becomes an issue. And you have a Samsung phone. Yeah. Which has two browsers and two phones and two. Right, but then <laughs> they would say that, well, that should be for everything. I don't mind, as long as you could delete things, that would be fine for me. 
thing is like what I find so interesting about this is like none of these groups think about the consumer. Like they have these abstract ideas about lower pricing. They have this abstract idea about um, competition. But like right now, you and I both know people who use their iPhone as a phone. Like maybe they'll they'll make calls on it. Maybe they'll listen to music and surf the web. But they don't download apps or use apps. You know, maybe they'll game, but even then, maybe not. Mm-hmm. But we're now expecting these this this these people, like people who are not like computer nerds at all, to go and find all these apps. And like right now, you get an iPhone, you can do you have all the basic apps. None of them are great. Like calculator's not as good as PCalc. Camera's not as good as Halide. Um, Weather is not as good at carrot weather. There are third-party apps that are really successful. Yep. Calendar is uh, not fantastic. As good as, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because they, like, never mind Apple Sherlocking them. I, I said this before. They just Moriarty the hell out of Apple. But that's for us nerds. And I pay like ten bucks for each of those apps, or I have a subscription for like five bucks or ten bucks a month for each of those apps. And that's expensive, but I value them and they're worth it to me. But to the idea that you know my family will have to go out and either get the free version, which will harvest all their data. It'll be made by a big internet company, the Facebook version, the Google version, whatever, the venture capital version, or they'll have to pay premium premium prices for every app they want on their phone. Suddenly this phone that they already spent $900 for is going to require $200 worth of apps on top of that, and some of them every month. And the amount of frustration and anxiety for those that have tech anxiety to be able to find out how do I go about all of these steps. So all of the people in your home that are the tech savvy people that do all of the tech support for your family members are going to be having to figure out how to install everything just so that there is not, um, you know, a monopoly on an application that's on your iPhone that you chose to buy the iPhone and you kind of know what you get when you get that. I think that it's kind of ridiculous. Like it's like going into a store and you're in the store and all of the clothing in that store is from that company's clothing. But I went into that store. Yeah, like you went and so into, I would yeah. expect that the ecosystem is that store's ecosystem, whatever that ecosystem chooses yeah. to be. I could go to another store. And so I think that it would be fine if they said that you could delete them. Totally cool. Or download something different, which you already can do. But having a blank phone, I think, is a ridiculous idea. It just makes me question, you know, who is proposing this and for what purpose. And the like, we have different feelings about different companies. Some people hate Apple. Some people love Apple. Some people hate Google. Some people love Google. Some people hate Facebook. Yada yada yada. Everyone hates Facebook. But they know Mark's mom is really really fond of maybe not even her. I think, maybe um, I think Mark's mom. But like. The, just the trust dynamics of it. Like you could say, I'm just buying an iPhone. I only need a very few basic things, and all that, and all I have to do is trust Apple. Or I'm buying an, a Google Pixel phone. All I have to do is trust Google. I don't want to have to figure out independently all these companies that I need to either trust or not trust. I just want, I want like uh, we talked about this before too, a console. I just want a console. Like I don't want a gaming PC. I want an Xbox. It's just that's the, this, the complexity level I want. I want something simple. I just want a console. And we're slowly and surely like taking that away and saying, no, you can't. You have to you have to build your own patent unencumbered Linux. Have fun. Yeah, which is it's just it's impossible for most people to be able to do. Yeah. And a lot of people talk about this stuff in the abstract, like, oh, this, this should be this way. But in, great, in large number, they're the nerds, and they're the ones who can deal with it and, and take that extra cognitive load and anxiety load and all those things. And not, like, I love that I can just give an iPhone to my family and not have to worry about it. Yes, Even then, it I have just to, works. Yeah, I, have to, I have to help them, but at least I know exactly, like, I have trouble with the calculator. I know exactly what calculator they're using. Yes. I can tell them in three seconds what to do. Yes, and it works, and you don't have to worry about some sort of a leak in privacy. 
you've chosen an iPhone for a specific set of reasons. If you want a system that's more open, maybe you would go with a, you know, an Android phone. Yeah. And then you could go through that. And I think that that's also a fair set of circumstances to be able to go through. So you already have choice. I think that, you know, when we decide, you know, what's happening, it, it just, there are some battles that I think are worthwhile for the government to fight. And then there are some that I wonder why they're spending people's hard-earned tax dollars to be able to battle and spend, spend effort there because then we are avoiding the main, the actual situations that they could do something about that would yeah. actually protect people and help people live better. Well, I think also they shouldn't be, and this has started for a few administrations now, they target companies. But just like make laws that are broadly applicable. Like you shouldn't have a TikTok law and a Google law and an Apple law and a right. Facebook law. Have a set of laws that if companies do abuse monopolies or violate trusts, yes. that are, or just like keep the existing laws and give the FTC and other people more power if, to prosecute and stealing, enforce them. If stealing someone's information is illegal if it's on paper, it should yes. be illegal if it's digital. Period. And make the fines theft, high enough that it actually bothers Facebook. Theft should be theft. Yes. I'm, I'm just throwing that out the there. the theme of the show. If you, are, if you are allowed to repair your television set, you should be allowed to repair your John Deere tractor. You should be allowed to repair your phone. Period. If when you purchase something, it is yours, great. If it is leased, okay. Well, then it is leased. Yeah. And then that's a different set of circumstances. But this, this phone should bloody well be mine. And the other part that they were arguing is that uh, when you do sideload on Android, they make it sound so dangerous. But it's dangerous. Like the thing is, like there, there's these warnings saying, like you make sure you trust the place that you get the the app from. There can be extra malware and things. But that they put those. It's, it, it's like there are consumer protection laws on everything. There's government warnings on everything. If you go and look at a bottle of detergent, there's a whole backplate of warnings on those. Yeah. That's what the warnings Don't are for sideloading. Don't this. This yeah. is not. It's like yes, because people try to con you. They'll put up a version of of um, Pokemon Go, or they'll put up a version of. Oh, I'm blanking on, on Tim Epic's game now. Uh, Fortnite. Uh, oh, yeah. Fortnite. And they'll try to get you to download it. And it is malware. So you do have to be more careful. And that's not anti-competitive. That's consumer protection. And please also don't take that away from us. Because the last thing I need is a bunch of people with infected phones running around there. All right. So the last thing we have to talk about before we go to our special subject is the Steam Deck. They announced it. I think there'd been rumors about it. But if you imagine a Nintendo Switch, you can't take the controllers off. The controllers are part of the unit. But it's basically a PC version of that. It's a handheld. It's going to come running SteamOS, which is a version of Linux. I forget the distro. Though you can put whatever OS yeah. you want on it. You can put Linux. Whatever yeah, you, you can put, want. You can't put iOS or Mac OS because Apple's mean. Well, they, they won't But you can that. put but Windows. But you can. You can choose to, yep. to put on it. You can run all the Steam games. You can run anything else that you put on it. You can hook it up and run it like a computer, dock it, run it like a normal computer with a mouse and a keyboard. It's like nerd candy. It's like nerd catnip. Yes, you can hook that up to a computer screen and play games upon this, but you can bring it everywhere. To me, it seems like the adult version of the Nintendo Switch. Yes. This is for adults, and adults use the N Nintendo Techie Switch. Adults. So, t like, I'm not saying that the Switch is only for kids. L let's be honest, we've all been playing on yeah. Nintendo Switch, and it's awesome. But this is kind of daddy's version of it. Like, this is amazing price, so it's yeah. like $3.99, and then it goes up to the top, I believe it's $6.99. Yeah. Um, and again, the only problem is that, could you actually get it? No, because the ordering process the was ordering garbage, process like every ordering was... process has been lately. 
Right. So they, they to stop scalpers, they had that if you had not made a purchase in the past, whatever, two years. On your years, Steam account. No, I think it was, yeah, it was something like that. Which seems like a great idea. So a whole bunch of scalpers don't make Steam account. Yes. You know, accounts and then buy a whole bunch of them and then upsell like them to everyone and else. And PlayStation and Xbox. But it was buggy where some people that had made purchases on their Steam account now they're locked out. We're locked out for two days and yeah. then it was gone. Or because it kept erroring, they'd keep pressing the button and then it's like, oh, you tried to make too many purchases. We're going to lock you out. Right. Yeah. Right. Why is ordering so hard? Yeah. Mm. But mm. it looks mm. absolutely fabulous. Some people were complaining about the low resolution screen, but like this is the same thing when they complained about the iPhone XR low resolution screen. Like for most people, you can't notice. Like it's the quality, not just the quantity of pixels that matter, but also it's like battery life is so much better yeah. with the lower density pixels. And a lot of the stuff you can't tell from that distance anyway. So it's like, it's, it's a smart decision, I think overall. Well, I think that if you're, you're building a portable device, the amount of time that you can use it, and especially for a lot of the Steam games are really quite, um, you know, battery hungry. Yeah. And so if you could only play the game for a game for 15 minutes. Like it's flying a drone. <laughs> absolutely useless. Yeah. And so I think that it was a good, I think that more people would be happy about being able to play whatever game they want to if they're bringing it out that they can play it for a really long time versus, you know, you have it for a very short amount of time and then everyone would be angry. It really doesn't matter what the resolution is if you're not able to play, play the game yeah. at all. And some people were wondering why Steam would do this, like especially why at this low price. And it's just, I, don't know, I forget if it was your husband who said this to us, but like it just seems like everything they're doing is towards building this future where we're walking around with VR helmets on and this is their way of getting, like Apple has the iPhone, uh, you know, various other platforms have their mobile test range. This just seems like them get, learning to package electro electronics so they can get us eventually to the, what would they call it? Not the index, but the... The visor. HTC Vive uh, Index? No, the, the Valve Index. Yeah. Vive Pro. Yeah. They don't need Vive anymore. That's the thing. They can throw them aside and just make their That's own true. future. Yeah, they could. PC in your brain. Yeah. And so, yeah, you but you have to wait. Yeah. It's, so, you, you could, you, that was weird. You got like a, it was like a five buck deposit to be able to order in December where everyone else was just give us your money now. I guess it's nicer not to take our money now. I, I don't know. It's such a low amount. It too. feels like, yeah, it feels tenuous. Like I think that, that if they had made the amount larger, I think less people would be angry about not being able to purchase it. But maybe they want that press of everyone wanting it and fighting over getting it and that they, you know, angry or not. So it makes this device a device that is sought after. And anything yeah. that is sought after in our brain, it increases its want and value of it. People are talking about it. People are frustrated about it. People are tweeting about it. Um, there's TikToks on like people were so every, mad they couldn't get it. I was watching it was, it was like Matthew Panzerino from TechCrunch, Christina Warren from Microsoft, Tom uh, oh, I'm blanking on Tom's last name from The Verge, Tom Warren from The Verge. There's people so angry. Yeah, but I think that that's great press for them. Yeah, because then everyone else is like, well, what what is sought after that I can't get, and now I'm going to try to get it. All right, so we do have one more topic, our bonus topic, where I'm going to ask Georgia to explain all the Lokis to me because I'm still confused about why Alligator Loki isn't God King of all the Lokis. I'm going to have to find out about this. Spoiler. But that's going to be on the Nebula version of this, of this show. If you don't have the Nebula version yet, you can just go to curiositystream.com slash Apple Talk. Sign up. It's 15 bucks a year for all of CuriosityStream, all their documentaries, all their series, plus everything on Nebula, which now includes all of George's videos, Yay. my videos, MKBHD, Thomas Frank, Devin, Legal Eagle, um, Tech Alter, like Epos Vox, so many, Mary Spender, I could go on forever. Uh, and probably will at some point, but there's just so many people 
there and you get all of it for $15 a year, including all of it, like no ads, no sponsors, and all the bonus content that's on so many of the videos now, including- And you help support us. Yeah. You can support education creators directly. It's wonderful. So that's curiositystream.com slash Apple Talk. And if you are leaving us now, Georgia, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash Georgia Dow. On Twitter, it's Georgia underscore Dow. And if not, you can send me an email, Georgia at westmounttherapy.com. And if you're dealing with anxiety or depression, check out anxiety-videos.com. Nice. Look at that. Look at that. I don't think I made any errors this that. time. Nothing but net. Nothing but net. Right. You can find me at Renee Ritchie or youtube.com slash Renee Ritchie. Thank you, Georgia. Thank you, Renee.